Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. May the Holy Spirit open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Both the Gospel passage this morning and the Epistle reading call us to open our eyes to a different perspective. That's really what Jesus is challenging his hearers about their perspective. The epistle, as Paul writes to the Colossians, he's calling the church uh, to change their perspective. And as we see this gospel passage begin, somebody asks Jesus uh, to tell his brother to divide the inheritance with him. And this may seem odd uh, to us, but this would have been normal practice for the rabbis of the time to be given questions and dilemmas going on in people's lives for their judgment based on the reading of the law. So this is not an unusual question to a rabbi when they have a problem to come and say, help us sort this out according to the law. And Jesus, if he does anything about that, we're not told. But what we are told about is Jesus uses that opportunity to then say to his disciples, here's a parable. There was this rich guy and he had a bumper crop here and this is what he did. He decided, well, boy, I have a lot and now I have a lot more, so much so that I need more storage space. So that's what I will do. I'll just tear these down and store up some more. And clearly the moral of the parable, Jesus says, oh you foolish one, today your life is going to be asked of you and now what? You don't get to take your grain barns with you. And what he calls us then is, he makes this statement, well this is how it is for the one who stores up treasure for himself. Where is your perspective? Which is what the letter to the Colossians says, well, if you've been uh, raised in Christ, well, set your mind on the things that are above. Seek the things above where Jesus is. And this is an important check for us because we live in the here and now in this world, and it's easy for all of the here and now to consume all of our thought and energy and direction. And we could spend our whole life toiling to have the things in the here and now, but eventually that will come to an end. But how much of our worry, our anxiety, our effort, all comes in sort of building up more things in the here and now. And most of us human beings, it's, it's hard to keep us satisfied in the here and now, all the advertisers know that. And so the commercials say, well, you have everything, but if you have this one more thing, your life will be complete. Buy this new shampoo, and everything will be wonderful. The advertisers nail us. Every commercial is saying, your life is incomplete. You lack this one thing, and if you buy it from us, we'll send you two with no extra charge. 
right? So they know that this is, this is how we operate, and it seems like it's no different than when Jesus walked the earth. That there's this tendency in us to want to be fulfilled with one more thing in the here and now. And now this, this landowner, this farmer could have said, well, we had a bumper crop, there'll just be more on the market, but what does that mean? It's going to be cheaper for him, right? He's not going to get as much money if there's lots of the product. So he's going to store it and save it for when he can get more money. And it's easy in our perspective to then get focused on ourselves, which is what happens in this. Is what more do, do I need? And then I need more and more and more and it becomes an inward focus on myself where the charge of Jesus is, well, be rich toward God. What does that mean? It means doing all of those things that Paul talks about as he writes to the Colossians. What does our life look like then when we seek the things that are above? Because Paul charges us, well, um, put to death the things of the earthly nature, sexual immorality and impurity and lust and evil desire and greed. All of these characteristics, Paul is saying, these are supposed to die with our old self. And that in our new nature, risen with Christ, we're to seek the things that are above. Put away anger and wrath and malice and slander. Do not lie to one another. All of these things that should, hopefully, by the work of the Holy Spirit, die day by day. Right? These are the things, again, it's in changing our perspective. Because all of these things that Paul says to, to put away, they're really things that if we're only living to ourselves and our goal is to have the riches of this world, well then all of those things go with that, if that's our perspective because we need to get the most here and now for me and it doesn't matter about anybody else I just have to get the most here and now and so then all those things are acceptable when that's your when that's your focus and goal but when our focus is on Jesus then all of those divisions start to fall away it's not an us versus them then the concern is, well, what does my neighbor need? Not what, does I need, what do I need? Right? So then if we have, uh, we're a farmer and we have a giant crop, then the question is, well, how do I save all this for myself? How can this be a blessing to someone else? Who is in need that could benefit from this thing that I have? Because clearly I have enough because my barn is full. And I won't ask us to raise our hands, but uh, how many have dressers or closets that are overflowing? Every single one of us. But when we get the new thing, no old things tend to make their way out. <laughs> the new things just get added in until you, you stuff it in. And then you think, well, how many pairs of shorts can I wear? But I don't get rid of them. And you can tell because if you look at my pictures on Facebook, I have the same shirt from 10 years ago. And it's still in the picture today. But then I get a new shirt, but the 10-year-old shirt still, still stays. And you think, well, what? It's, a, it's an innocent example, but where's my perspective? How many things do I need? And then when we run out of space, 
The default answer is, well, I'll get another dresser. <laughs> or I'll get a basement storage space to hang these clothes that don't fit in my closet. Our default is not to say, well, maybe I don't need... Or if I get something new, what can I do with this? And, and it, it's, it's a small uh, example of what just a little change in perspective would do on something simple. Now you multiply that in our lives over and over on all the different decisions we have to make. What does our life start to look like when our perspective has changed? And I think we'd all acknowledge when we're aware of that, things look a lot different. When I take a minute to say, well, you know what, yeah. <laughs> I probably don't need all of these things that I'm hoarding here. But somebody else could benefit. And quite honestly, who knows uh, when we're going to die anyway, and you don't take any of this stuff with you. So what if my, my anxiety and my worry and my focus was on, well, what does somebody else need? What can I do today to be a blessing to somebody else? What does the world start to look like if the whole church asks that question? And every Christian on Monday morning goes out into whatever they have planned for Monday with that goal in mind. How does the world look different? These are the radical changes that Jesus is hoping to see in the world in and through us, but it requires a change in perspective. If our perspective is in this world, then the only answer is the one who dies with the most toys and money wins the game. That's, that's here and now. If our perspective has changed, then it's the exact opposite of that. Then the goal is, well, who's, who's the most generous? Who is the most loving? Who is the most patient and kind and seeking to love their neighbor as themselves and love God with our whole being? That's the freedom that we've been given in Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit's job then to open our eyes to this reality. And so that should be part of our prayer is to ask the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, all right, where do my eyes need to be open? Where does my perspective need to be refocused? And let the Spirit then work in us and follow the Spirit's prompting. Because ultimately, those attributes of Jesus living in us, those are the parts of us that are going to remain forever in the presence of God. So think of how much uh, freer our life would be when our perspective changes. And so may we hear the Spirit's call to each of us today, and may we uh, be okay making that prayer on a daily basis. And let the Lord show us What's in need of transformation? That our perspective might change. That we might see others and the world as Jesus sees them. And if that's the case, I guarantee our actions will be different. It has to follow that way. We can't see other people and the world like Jesus and then say, well, it's all about me. Because Jesus showed us that example. It was all about us. And he gave completely of himself for us. And may his perspective then be ours. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have new life. 
May the Holy Spirit continue to shape our lives into your image and likeness. May our, be, our perspective be shifted to that heavenly vision that we might come to see others as you see them and that our actions would follow. May our lives be lived to your honor and glory. And we make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.